Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in the Gospel of Matthew now. We, we finished the book of Ruth just yesterday, and now we're getting ready for the Gospel of Matthew. Gospel of Matthew is gonna take a long time. I have the whole thing uh, outlined right now. I mean, like, wow, it's gonna go, uh, it's gonna go into, at this point, uh, the year 2023, our final session, I currently have scheduled my final sermon on this is gonna be preached on January 29th, if everything goes according to our current schedule. And so uh, here we are, if you're watching these concurrently with the Redemption Church, you're watching this on September 5th. So from September through January, we're gonna be in the Gospel of Matthew and it bleeds directly from the book of Ruth. This is by design, this is intentional. And then what's gonna follow that is also the prophet Isaiah, all right? Man, 65 chapters, right, of, of prophecy that are also gonna all uh, remind us of Matthew. So I want us to go through Ruth, which foreshadows Matthew, let Matthew speak the way that it speaks, hearkening back to Ruth, and then we're gonna go through Isaiah that's gonna also point back to Matthew. Uh, if you're with us through Matthew, stick with us through Isaiah too, because you're gonna appreciate Isaiah all the more as you see, it's prophecies having been fulfilled. If, you, if you're in Isaiah and you weren't with us through Matthew, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna remember what I'm talking about when I say, do you remember this from Matthew? Remember this from Matthew? Remember this from Matthew? So like, Lord help the people who join us in that series through Isaiah uh, to, to have the patience to double up on sermons every week because we're gonna go back and forth and show how Ruth foreshadowed Matthew and then Matthew is fulfilled in uh, is a fulfillment of Isaiah, like from Ruth to Matthew to Isaiah, from now through the rest of next year, you're gonna see this beautiful cohesion. It is an incredible blurring of colors, this rainbow spectrum of prophecy and fulfillment from Ruth to Matthew to Isaiah. Here's Matthew chapter one, verse one. An account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. All right, that opening line will tell you immediately, we're not going in direct succession, generation to generation. We're not naming fathers and sons exactly. It's already established as a gematria just by showing that it's the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. Okay, to call Jesus the son of David is to skip several generations because from David to Jesus, there were numerous other sons. And then to call David the son of Abraham is to, is to skip several other generations. There's, a, there's something we'll talk about in our, in our sermon um, this weekend that shows how this is a gematria. This is, a, this is a, one way to interpret it is, is that it's, it's sets of seven, all right? Every time we see the number seven employed biblically, it speaks to completion, the number of days and creation was deliberate by God. God created the heavens and the earth, and we see these six days of creation, and the seventh day there's this rest. Now, uh, that same number seven is gonna come up in the structure of Matthew chapter one, in which you and I, our reader, uh, the, the, Matthew's reader, we are the seventh seven. But it goes from Christ to David to Abraham, Okay, he's moving backward through history, but then he begins with Abraham in verse two. This is a cool moment, okay? Abraham fathered Isaac, Isaac fathered Jacob, Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers. Um, if you were with us just last week in our devotions, you saw the story of Tamar in Genesis 38, something that is referenced in the closing chapter of Ruth. These are names that all come up 
not even in the genealogy of the end of Ruth, in the narrative of Ruth, as the people, the elders the, who have gathered at the city gate are making these proclamations of blessing over the union of Boaz and Ruth, they name Judah and Perez and Tamar. Uh, so we saw the story of scandal, how Tamar uh, was, Tamar was let down by Judah. Judah had his sons, Er and Onan and Shelah, and uh, was promised Shelah as a husband, but then Shelah marries somebody else. And so Tamar takes matters into her own hands. She dresses like a prostitute, a cult prostitute, deceives and seduces her own father-in-law while in disguise, taking his signet ring and his staff uh, and, and, and his robe, I think, as, as collateral, or the cord, sorry, the cord, as collateral, so that she can get this young goat, which is a valuable payment for her prostitutional services, but then uh, reveals at the end that three months later that she's pregnant by her father-in-law. Um, and so she has tricked her father-in-law into fathering a child for her. The, 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 the child actually ends up becoming children. It's two twin boys named Perez and Zorah. That's who's referred to in verse three. Abraham fathered Isaac, Isaac fathered Jacob, Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers. Judah fathered Perez and Zorah by Tamar. Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Aram, Aram fathered Aminadab, Aminadab fathered Nashon, Nashon fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab, Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered King David. So this sounds familiar. If you were with us for our sermon yesterday, that sounds familiar, right? This is actually the genealogy at the end of Ruth is quoted at the beginning of Matthew. Now, the successive generations do become immediately adjacent, but you begin to skip generations, and then there's some clever wordplay uh, with some of the names that are that are uh, interjected. We're gonna talk more about that throughout the coming week, but I wanted to talk a little bit about how this lends further credibility to scripture. Ruth is far older as a book than Matthew. Matthew was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God through this guy, Matthew, and it was written in the first century AD. It is currently the year that it is because it has been that many years since the birth of Jesus as measured by year one on the Gregorian calendar. And this book was written within, on, on, on this side of that dividing line, on this side of the life of Jesus. It was written perhaps in the year 80 AD, 80. And the book of Ruth was recorded far before that, long before that. For centuries, there's this genealogy that lingers at the end of, book, of the book of Ruth, and it comes back here, it's referenced here in Matthew. So don't let anybody tell you that the New Testament is divorced from the Old Testament. This is a fulfillment of the Old Testament. It is a continuation of the Old Testament. The Old Testament book of Ruth was a prequel to this, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It begins with Matthew, that's exactly Matthew's point. The original readers of the book of Ruth were Hebrew. Upon initially reading it, it sounds like a story of leveret marriage being enacted in a romantic and redemptive way during the book of Judges. Look at that, something good did come from the book of Judges. But until you got to the very last name in the book of Ruth, you didn't know exactly what was going on. You didn't really make the connection. As the crowd is starting to make these proclamations, 
right? Uh, may your house be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, right? When they're making these proclamations, they're evoking these exact same names. And when Matthew evokes those exact same names, he is deliberately drawing upon the book of Ruth, for example, to show like this is a continuation of that exact story. It was the old covenant, but now God has done something new. Everything that was foreshadowed has now been fulfilled. Everything that was prophesied is true. It was real. God meant it and he has done it and he is doing it now. Make no mistake, Matthew quotes Ruth deliberately to show intentionally that what we see in Jesus is a continuation of the story that began there. Do not walk away from the book of Ruth and think, what a lovely romantic story. Look at the book of Ruth and see the story of Jesus as it's written the story of Jesus in prequel format. Do not make the mistake that the New Testament is somehow this anathema, that it, it, was, it was fraudulent or spurious. No, it has the full credibility of the Torah and even quotes the Torah in its very opening. We are a continuation today of what began in the book of Ruth. The Bible and its historicity are immaculate. The New Testament references the Old Testament with full Jewish authority and nothing short of the thoroughness of a tax collector named Levi called Matthew. He quoted Ruth for a reason because the book of Ruth and its story are continuing today. Let's see how it unfolds.